Hi everyone, I'm Fabio and uh, today I'm really happy to be talking with Claire Lou, the founder of uh, Know Your Team, the software company that helps you to become a better boss. Claire, I'm really happy that um, you took the time to do this. And um, Oh, thank you, <laughs> Fabio. I so appreciate that. I actually found you on YouTube, um, on, on, on the Know Your Team uh, YouTube channel. I think it was on... I think it was one of the first interviews you've done to with um, Jason Fried, mm, yes. and and I couldn't take uh, I couldn't do this interview without asking you the one question that I never ha heard you answering, which is <laughs> what's the one thing, or it can be several things. I'm trying yeah. uh, that um, you wish to have learned as a leader uh, earlier as a leader. Uh, sorry, I would I wasn't very good at rephrasing you. <laughs> No, no, Fabio, I love it. Uh, you are so right. I so as you as you mentioned, I run a podcast. It's called the Heartbeat Podcast, where I interview leaders who I respect and admire. And that is, you are absolutely right. That is the <laughs> question I ask them, and I rarely get asked it myself. It's funny. So we brought actually, and I'll answer the question for sure for you. Uh, but as a small funny aside, so we actually brought Jason Free, who's the CEO of Basecamp, uh, back on uh, the heartbeat for episode number 50 is sort of an anniversary episode. Mm -hmm. And we turned the tables and he actually did ask me that question. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was the first time. No, 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 no. It literally was like two episodes ago. We just were at <laughs> 51 or 52 episodes right now. And so uh, he, he did get a chance to ask me that, but you are so right. It is so <laughs> funny. I rarely have had an opportunity to, to think or answer that question. Uh, but what I would say, Fabio, is the biggest thing I wish I would have learned earlier as a leader is to trust myself. Okay. And yeah, what I mean by that is simply, I think oftentimes as a founder, as an entrepreneur, and as a CEO, you want some sort of confirmation that you are going the right <laughs> direction amidst a ton of uncertainty. There's so much that you just don't really know in terms of what's going to happen or what's helping or what's hurting. And you feel like you're guessing most of the time. And so when I was first starting out, all I wanted was some sort of confirmation or affirmation that directionally I was, I was doing okay. And what I found is through that process, you know, I would talk to a lot of people, I would feel very unsure about where I was heading or what I was doing, and I would read a lot and, and try to triangulate and search for some signal of, okay, am, am I making the right decisions here? And what's so interesting, Fabio, is the more that I've done this, the longer that I've done this, and I've run Know Your Team now for six years, right? So we is oh thank you, but we run software that helps leaders become better. It's so interesting because the longer that I've done this, the more that I realize is that the idea of certainty or confirmation of a direction or decision is all a complete illusion. Mm -hmm. Certainty is a construct. <laughs> it is not really interesting. Exist. No one is sure, no CEO, no founder mm -hmm. can predict the future. And on top of that, everyone who decides what is right for them are doing it based off their own context, their own values, their own beliefs, and data that they feel is relevant. 
And so when it comes to trying to figure out and triangulate what that right answer or path or direction is as a leader, what I found is at the end of the day, I have to trust myself and the data that I'm pulling together and the insights that I'm pulling together and listening to and the questions I'm asking myself. And that took me a really long time to learn. That's that's really nice answer, actually. <laughs> and that, that's actually one of the things that, one of the reasons that I was really interested in to talk to you is to understand, like, what makes what makes leaders, um, the leader's job to be so difficult? Because... Um, I always, I always been on the other side of leadership. I always been the one that has been led, or has been probably sometimes helping managers uh, leading a certain project or something like that. But never led someone into um, growing a company or um, performing um, much better than they are performing right now. And one of the questions I have for you is like, what are the reasons that make that make really hard for um, leaders to give really good and honest feedback? Absolutely. Well, may I answer actually the very first question mm-hmm. first that you asked, and yeah. then I'll answer the second question because they're related. So the first question that you asked in the very beginning is you said, what makes it so hard for mm-hmm. a leader yeah. to do a good job, right? And then your second question is around feedback. So we'd mm-hmm. love to love to address both because I think they're, they're sister questions. Right? <laughs> Definitely. So, Yeah. So one of the biggest reasons that leadership is so difficult to do well is largely because there is not a clear, widely accepted definition for a model for what good leadership looks like. Mm -hmm. It depends what good leadership is given a certain context and situation. For example, there's this very sort of famous uh, concept of Uh, or quote that someone said of, uh, I can't take credit for this, but that there are about as many definitions of leadership and and true definitions of leadership as there are the number of people who have attempted to define it. (laughs) Which is to say, it feels very arbitrary. And the reason it's so arbitrary is because different things work in different situations. And Mm. it's not one size fits all. So you could be a really good leader of a 20-person nonprofit and take those same principles, and it would completely fail perhaps at a 5,000-person manufacturing Mm -hmm. organization. You could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but then try to go run a and lead a five-person team in uh, another country that's complete, and everyone is remote and completely, and we're, your leadership practices would not work, right? Mm-hmm. And so because there is not a clear conception of what good leadership is, it makes it really hard then to figure out what to do in the first place. So Hmm. something that we've actually done with Know Your Team is try to figure out most broadly and most clearly and with backed by data, what is true or what needs to be true at minimum for someone to be a good leader. So through our software, and what we do is we, you know, we have software that helps new managers uh, run better one-on-one meetings and get rapport with their team and get feedback in their team. And working with thousands and thousands of managers over the past six years, we pulled together a bunch of research. And here's what we found, Fabio, that 
the three things that the best leaders tend to do and focus on are mm-hmm. first and foremost, they need to build trust, right? Pretty obvious probably yeah. to you and I, right? You got to have trust in a team to move forward. The second thing a good leader has to be able to do is communicate honestly. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't creating a culture of feedback, which we'll talk about in a second, then you're not going to be able to make good decisions. You're not mm-hmm. going to know the truth. And then the last thing that the best leaders tend to do is something we call context. So creating context. And the idea is that the best leaders, they share progress and help everyone understand what's going on, but also where everyone needs to go. And that's the only way that you can get there. Mm -hmm. So it's those three things, trust, honesty, and context that we found that leaders need to develop at minimum, that those are the most foundational things. And so as a result, that's actually what we ended up building the the entire tool around. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interestingly enough, helping leaders with each of those pieces. So that's a huge reason why leadership is so hard to learn though, is because before we, you know, really shared our methodology, it was really unclear mm-hmm. what you needed. It almost felt like you needed 12 things. And what we try to really distill with Know Your Team is, well, foundationally, start with three. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that gives me like a lot of um, reassurance that it, it just puts my mind at ease. For example, recently I've been trying to create this. Um, so I've been trying to create a company to do whatever I think I do the best, which is uh, creating um, digital products for brands. And um, I always have this question that, am I doing this right? <laughs> because you, mm. you read this, this, uh, all of these leadership books and all, of, all about this um, research and all of that. But what you said is basically, for your context, you'll find a way of getting there. And mm. that's, yep. what I, that's what I understood from what you said. Um, and that just puts my mind at ease and it's really interesting. And I don't know, maybe that, that's what makes that, that simplicity of it. That's what make it, make it so hard to understand is the simplicity of it. Just, just, um, <laughs> just try and try to do it because you've nobody ever done what you're trying to do right now. That's what it seems. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one thing to hear those words, right? Trust, honesty, and mm-hmm. context. And then it's a totally different thing, Definitely. Fabio, to exactly. actually operationalize mm-hmm. them and put them into practice. So that's the other thing that makes leadership very tricky mm-hmm. is that it's not rocket science. We generally know what we should be doing. Generally, mm-hmm. it's actually doing it and being consistent about it. And so mm-hmm. that's why we built this tool to be able to help folks do that. Mm-hmm. The the other reason too, Fabio, that oftentimes leadership is so difficult is especially for managers in particular and for folks who are listening who are managers, yeah. you might feel like this might have been the case, but oftentimes managers are promoted based off how well they are doing as an individual mm-hmm. contributor and not necessarily for qualities that would make them a good leader. So there's Gallup has done incredible research with, I believe it was 1.3 million managers back in 2016. And they found that 80 to 85% of companies chose manager, the wrong manager during that time. Yeah. And it's because it's because they're choosing these managers based off how well they do as an individual versus are those skills actually transferable Mm -hmm. to being leader. So yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough problem, but but like I said, the first place to start is you have to have some conception of what good is, right? Just That's like right. uh you, you know, if you're trying to become a good violin player, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know what that looks like, right? It's like you can listen to them, um, you know, you you can watch YouTube videos of them and their <laughs> technique and you know what good looks like. Yeah. Leaders is a much harder. And so that's what we really do with Know Your Team is to help mm-hmm. you define that and then make progress towards that. So that's, yeah, that was to address your first question. Yeah. And just to go <laughs> back to the second question. Please. One, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the best leaders I've, I've, I've had the, the chance to work with she was incredible at giving feedback. Mm. So what, why are, are so many leaders not particularly good at this, at giving feedback and creating this kind of um, emotional um, safety in their teams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, there's many reasons. So one, the biggest reason is because, honestly, we associate feedback with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. we don't like things that are negative as human beings uh, you know there's so many studies that are done around our brain holding on to negative emotions and memories more than positive ones mm-hmm. meaning that if we give negative feedback then that's going to stick with us and that feeling is going to stick with us more than any other time where we give some sort of positive reinforcement or something good even comes of it So because of that, we're almost naturally hardwired to avoid hard conversations. And so that's, that's definitely one big part of it, um, is just the fact that we find it extremely uncomfortable. Uh, A second reason why we have such a difficult time giving feedback is because we really want to be liked as Mm. people. And uh, again, another human natural instinct is we want people to like us. And we have this belief that if we're honest with people and we tell people something that they don't want to hear, maybe that's going to affect their opinion of us. So we don't say anything. Yeah. Right. That's another thing, a reason. Uh, Another reason is people, um, they don't know how. Right. And so we'll talk about we have a we've developed a framework with with know your team about how to do it. And and so people just don't know how. And then the last reason, and this is related to your question on how, how why is it so hard to create um, psychological safety mm-hmm. is because people don't realize why employees and their team members and others around them are not speaking up and why they are fearful. So we don't understand what the underlying reasons are. And so actually, that's probably a a great place to start, which is when I talk with CEOs and managers who use our product, right? And they say, well, Claire, how do I get people to to give me honest feedback, right? Through Know Your Team or in person, how do I do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I know I need to create psychological safety, but what's like, what's going on? Well, what the research says, and Harvard Business Review published a study, I think back in 2013 on this, mm-hmm. they said that the two biggest reasons why people don't speak up at work is one, fear, just like you and I talked about, mm-hmm. Fabio, and right? Fear. Yeah. We're scared that um, maybe we'll get fired, maybe yeah. the person treat us differently, all of that. But actually, Fabio, the biggest reason why people don't speak up in the workplace is because of futility. Hmm. So this idea that even if I were to speak up, 
nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. So if I give you this feedback, you're not going to do anything with it. And that that's happened a huge, with me before. Exactly. And here's that's a huge reason we don't give feedback. So as a result, mm-hmm. what, uh, what the study found is that futility, it's actually 1.8 times more powerful than fear mm-hmm. as an obstacle to giving feedback. Yeah, that's really so, incredible. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really fascinating. But just, uh, yeah, so I guess I'll pause there, though. So those mm-hmm. are just some of the reasons yeah, though, for why why giving feedback is, is so difficult and why getting it yeah. is so difficult, too. What seems that managers struggle the most is not having a framework for giving feedback. And um, mm-hmm. is there, is there yeah. any frameworks that you recommend following or at least trying to follow in order to give honest and good feedback? Absolutely. Absolutely. So a, f- a framework that we developed here through, through Know Your Team and all the research that we did with, um, with all, all the managers that we work with is uh, something that we, we see as four different pieces. Hmm. So the first piece of it is what I call to come from a place of care. So when we give feedback, we're usually giving feedback because we care about someone. Mm -hmm. We care about their professional growth. We care about the team's performance. We care about the company doing well. We're really just wanting to let the person know because we care. Yet we rarely say that actually, Fabio, when we're giving feedback. Rarely make our intention clear. And what's so interesting is that the reason why people get defensive when you do give feedback is because they misread your intention. So Mm -hmm. if you can come from a place of care, if you can make your intention really clear, all of a sudden that person's going, it's going to register a little bit more. They're going to be able to internalize that feedback a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So for example, something that you can say is, I'm giving you this feedback because I want you to get promoted during Mm -hmm. the next cycle, Mm -hmm. or I'm giving you this feedback because I really care about the quality of this project. And I know you do too. Mm -hmm. So coming from a place of care is the first thing that you'll want to do. The second thing that you'll want to do is what I call coming from a place of fallibility or sorry, observation. I'm skipping ahead. (laughs) Second thing is observation. I was like, wait a second. Um, Second thing is observation. And uh, this is pretty intuitive in the sense that feedback that is objective is a little bit easier for the other person to internalize, right? It's harder Mm -hmm. to act on feedback when someone tells you, oh, I just feel like you did this or I felt this way, right? Versus being really specific. And so, for example, what you'll do is you'll talk about someone's specific observable behaviors. So if this isn't, you know, something that may may have happened for folks who are listening or even yeah. to you, right? Yeah. You, you see a team member send an email, right? And it mm. has a bunch of typos. Yeah. And it's to a client or it's to someone important. And you go, ah, that's so sloppy, Right? That's so unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And the feedback that you want to give this person is you are sloppy or mm. your email was sloppy or you're unprofessional or your email was unprofessional. And the problem with that kind of feedback is that it's not coming from a place of observation. Mm-hmm. You're telling people how you feel. You're not yeah. saying what you exactly saw. Yeah. So focus on observable behavior. So for example, what you could say in this situation is you could say, hey, so when I saw you send this email and be specific about which email, mm-hmm. 
to this person. I noticed these errors, right? And it gave me the impression that you may, to the client potentially, that it might not have been as professional as it could be. Yeah. Right. So you're coming from a place of observation and again, makes it much easier for that person to go, okay, I see what they're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then the third step, and this is the one that I almost jumped ahead to, but the third <laughs> thing you want to do is to come from a place of fallibility. Hmm. So what this means is to actually share and admit that your feedback is just your opinion at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Because here's the thing we don't recognize oftentimes, Fabio, is that feedback and our feedback is not the word of God. Yeah. It is not the objective truth. Our feedback for a person is literally our own interpretation of something that happened and something we think could be better. Definitely. So as a result, yeah, so as a result, we need to share that with the person. Mm-hmm. And the reason that this is so important is especially as a leader, because you're in a one up, one down relationship dynamic. When you are giving feedback, it can often feel like it is extremely heavy-handed mm-hmm. and accusatory and harsh. And again, if you're trying to encourage this person to change their behavior, you don't want them to feel like you are making an accusation. Yeah. And so the best way then to frame it is through your lens of fallibility and is to say something like, that's just what I saw, mm-hmm. or I might not have all the information. Yeah. Right. That's, so that's, acknowledging, yeah, the the potential fallibility. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good framework. And uh, well, so there's one last piece. Oh, there's one last piece. One last thing. Great. Yeah, almost, <laughs> almost there, almost there. So uh, the last piece is to come from a place of curiosity. So feedback, it's really a conversation. At the end of the day, it's not a mandate, and it's not a one way dialogue or one way, uh, you know, one way conversation, it's it's definitely should be co created and shared. And so the best way to do this is to actually ask a question at the end. And one of my favorite ways to do this, actually, Fabio is to ask the question, what do you think? Hmm. So (laughs) altogether, Fabio, what this looks like, so coming from a place of care, observation, fallibility, uh, and curiosity is you would say something like this, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you saw this person make these mistakes on their email, Mm -hmm. in the email. You would come from a place of care and you would say, I'm giving you this feedback because uh, I want you to be successful in Mm -hmm. this role and I want you to to really thrive. Here's what I saw in this particular email. I noticed A, B, and C. And to me, it it could have seemed unprofessional, I think, to the client because of these errors. And so that's the observation. Then you say, now, I haven't seen every single email you've ever sent. Maybe this is the only time that it's ever happened, right? Right. Fallibility. Mm-hmm. And then you say, what do you think? Right? Mm-hmm. Coming from a place of curiosity. That's just what yeah. I saw. What do you think? Does that work uh, both ways? For example, one of the things that I um, hear a lot of people talking is the relationship between manager and employee or leader and employee. But I never hear people talking about the relationship between employee and manager. Like, mm-hmm. how? The employee also has the role of creating a good context for the manager to Absolutely. to help them manage, right? So th- does Absolutely. this feedback work both ways? This kind of feedback definitely. framework? Absolutely. It definitely does work both ways. When you are an employee and you're giving feedback upwards, mm-hmm. the one thing that you actually, two things that you want to overemphasize in this case is you do want to really make sure you come from a place of care. 
Hmm. And this is important because the biggest reason that your manager is going to get defensive from any feedback Hmm. you give them is because they're going to misread your intention. They're going to think, this person is wants my job. They want to make me look dumb. Why are they trying to make me feel bad? Right? Those thoughts will start to circle. Mm-hmm. And so to diffuse that, you'll want to come from a place of care and make it really clear of, hey, I'm giving this feedback because I just want the team to be successful or because I know you are always open to wanting to hear how things could be better, or how you can get better. And so, right, making that intention clear. And then the second thing that you'll want to do when you are also giving feedback upwards is to really come from a place of fallibility as well. You want to admit as an employee that you don't have all the information. You mm-hmm. haven't seen the broader picture of everything. There might be something that you're missing, and it's okay to admit that because yeah. what it's to show your manager is that you're not just spouting feedback without any context or without any regard for what the bigger picture could be. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to include that. That's amazing. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and has, has that. <laughs> Has there been uh, any kind of feedback that you've been given uh, recently that you said, like, this is incredible feedback? Oh, yeah, all the time. I, um, I mean, for once, I mean, first and foremost, we get product feedback from our customers all the time, right? <laughs> so as the CEO of a product company, right? Of yeah. course, I, I love that. And so most recently, actually, Fabio, and this is positive feedback, right, that mm-hmm. that actually happened most recently is we actually launched a brand new design in Know Your Team. Mm-hmm. And so we got a lot of really positive feedback from folks about, oh, I love the new design. And then right. we also got constructive feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So we got, hey, I wonder if, you know, there could be a place for this, or this is how I use the product. I'm wondering, you know, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is they're coming from a place of care, right? They make their intention very clear about, I love the product. I want you guys to be successful. I want to share this with other people. Here's what I think I would like to see differently, right? Mm-hmm. So I totally, I totally love you know, it's my favorite guide of feedback, <laughs> any kind of feedback that we get from around our product. And then internally from the team, you know, I grow every single day as a CEO. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably one of the most meaningful, meaningful pieces of feedback that I got from our operations manager maybe a few months ago was she said, Claire, I think you are holding on too tightly to the blog posts that you're that you're editing that are mine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're trying to edit them to be more your style of writing. And, and I, I feel like I need a little more space there. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, wow, you're right. I think you're right. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. That's really mm-hmm. helpful. So it's, uh, it is always, it's the thing that for me personally, I know mm-hmm. always helps me get better. Yeah. And, and for, for any leader, right? Definitely, and it's always a, a a muscle we have to continue to to learn how to develop because it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. That's for sure. One of the topics that I'd like to talk with you as well is is uh, the topic of motivation, uh, especially because uh, as someone that always worked in a creative um, in a creative um, industry, we are often on the receiving end of feedback, and I always thought that. Uh, one of the roles that leaders had was to motivate us or to motivate the team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But 
then I came across this blog post that you wrote that it's called, um, um, <laughs> yes. I forgot. <laughs> I think it's if, um, oh, there's a lot of people that come to know your team with the same question, which is how do I motivate mm-hmm. my employees? And your answer mm-hmm. was don't. And I found that really interesting. Um, what, why don't you, why shouldn't you uh, motivate people? Because I would like to understand like the, the reasoning why that came to your mind. Because you said like you spend a lot of time thinking about this question. Yes, I absolutely do. It's fascinating because motivation, if you look at the research that's been done on it in the past 30, 40 years, is what you'll find is there's sort of two popularized types, right? So there's extrinsic motivation, right? And, and, and this is stuff you and I know, right? So motivation of things where yeah. we're being influenced from from the outside versus intrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both forms of motivation. But what the science shares is that it's intrinsic motivation, motivation that we have within ourselves to naturally want to do things mm-hmm. and choose ourselves what those things are that is strongest. So you have an integrated sense of purpose and motivation. That's when you're going to actually perform better. You're going to make better decisions. You're going to enjoy the process of learning and you'll actually see better results. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's so many studies on this Fabio. Okay. When it is introjected. So when it is someone else trying to push you or encourage even, they might have the best intentions even, mm-hmm. right? They might try be just wanting to help. But what they do is they start to exert what is called essentially a concept of control. Mm-hmm. And so anytime anyone feels an attempt of control, all of a sudden it feels more restrictive. All of a sudden it feels like they themselves are not choosing for themselves mm-hmm. what they want to be doing. And so motivation decreases. So what the key part for a leader is, is instead of trying to directly influence and unintentionally or intentionally create concepts of control, the better route is actually to try to create an environment that adjusts and aligns with the person's intrinsic motivation to help them decide for themselves what they want to do. And when you do that, when you take that role as a leader, mm-hmm. instead of trying to directly manipulate or yeah. influence and interject right mm-hmm. motivation, what you do is you enable that person to have to make better decisions, to enjoy the process more, to work. They'll actually work harder, right, when they're mm-hmm. choosing it for themselves, and then you'll see the better results too. Yeah, does that. So one of the things that I have in my mind right now is um, that seems to work very well when you're working with senior people, people that know exactly what they need to do. And if you provide them with the right context, they'll exceed. But mm-hmm. when, I, when, for example, you're working with junior people, they often rely on your feedback. They often rely on what is called, what, what I thought it was, motivation. So it's basically being with them and trying to help them um, create um, or, or do their that they work. So is creating that kind of uh, motivation framework helping these people, the people that have still um, don't have a lot of experience? Sure. Well, so to sort of clarify for a minute, right, or to pause on this mm-hmm. note and sort of sink into it, 
we want to distinguish the fact that motivation and experience are not related, Mm. right? In the sense that you can be extremely inexperienced, but actually be very motivated. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to do well, for the most part, right? Yeah. And so assuming that, assuming that, that irrespective of how experienced someone is, that they're actually motivated to want to do good work, Mm -hmm. then the question becomes, yes, do you have to have a certain environment in place to help that person tap into that motivation? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is that going to look different for someone who is a newer uh, employee and has less experience and is more junior than for someone who's more senior? Absolutely. There's probably Mm -hmm. going to be a lot more coaching. There's probably going to be a lot more feedback. There's probably going to be a lot more clear guidelines. But what it doesn't mean is that you're you're trying to create motivation for the person. They're Mm -hmm. already motivated, right? What your role is for junior person or senior person is to create an environment for them to tap into that motivation. That idea, that blog post changed completely my mindset. And um, I I felt like I was very uh, energetic by it. Actually, it motivated me, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, wow. That makes, Um, no, that's incredible. Yeah, it it was really good to just seeing um, other perspective, other take on on the same subject. And um, that's really incredible. And one of the things I also talk about uh, in in with know your team and you discuss that with with your with leaders is the role of fear in the company and that's one of the things that I'd like to understand a little bit more like why are people so fearful I I suffer this for myself like I am fearful of losing my job I'm fearful of saying something uh, saying something to my boss um, why I'm trying like I always try to understand why I was so fearful about saying um, something. Uh, about a particular piece of work I was doing, or maybe something I didn't agree with the boss, with my boss at the time when he said that um, I think this product is going to take us to the next step in, uh, in of growth in our company. Mm-hmm. Why, why is fear so present in in companies? Yeah, that's such a that's such a beautiful question, Fabio, because what it reveals is an aspect of companies and of work that we often don't think about, which is sort of the interpersonal and role-related dynamics that come into play. So oftentimes when we think of an organization and we think of a company, we think, oh yeah, we, we have our roles and I have things I need to do and you know, and people have their different responsibilities. But what we don't realize is that there is a power dynamic at play. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are have an ability to give responsibility or take away responsibility. There are people who have an ability to give money or to take away money. There are people who have an ability to give credit or take away credit. Mm-hmm. And so that power dynamic, what happens is fear naturally becomes salient. That is that is sort of the natural human <laughs> sort of <laughs> a byproduct yeah. of, of power is fear, mm-hmm. right? So because someone has more influence and control, that means okay, well, what happens if I feel like I can't exert that or meet up or mm-hmm. match that or whatnot, right? Yeah. And so what it really comes down to is the truth of what those power dynamics are. And so, you know, so to answer your question, why is fear so ever present? It's likely because 
of those that those power dynamics being at play mm-hmm. and on top of that potentially at the time and this is something that leaders inadvertently do is they don't recognize it right they don't see how much of a one up one down relationship mm-hmm. is created yeah. in the workplace and then and then it's all always the elephant in the room like it's something that is present but never nobody ever speaks about right exactly and so I think it's it's a thing that um, you know when we think about when we think about work, it's not just roles and responsibilities or the work itself or uh, you know the communication. It's a lot about the fact that just by virtue of the way the organization is set up, you have someone who is asking you to do something, and they have more power mm-hmm. in terms of the ability to do it. Great. I, I'd like to wrap up with a, with a question. Just to understand sure. what, what inspired you to create Know Your Team because just the content that you put out there and uh, the good that you're bringing to the work environment seems to be very powerful. So I always wondered what, what, what inspired you to create this and what was the reason for you to start Know Your Team? Mm, thank you. Um, it's actually quite simple. <laughs> uh, almost 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I had a really bad boss myself. So I, I'd started a a company before that, Mm -hmm. but then afterwards decided to go work for someone else. And when I was working as an employee, the CEO of the company at the time, he was a wonderful person, Mm -hmm. you know, just really kind, um, you know, very, very considerate, but a terrible leader. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, didn't know how to set vision. He, wasn't consistent. He played favorites. You know, it was, Mm. it was not, he didn't create that culture of feedback that I had talked about earlier. He didn't deliver on trust, honesty, and context, right? As, as I mentioned earlier. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, I thought, hmm, what can I do to help him? Right. (laughs) Well, here was the problem, uh, Fabio, which is he had no idea. Okay. So it started me thinking, well, what service exists or product exists that would help a person who's a leader see themselves clearly as a leader and then help them improve? Mm -hmm. And I didn't think anything existed. And, you know, of course, there are sort of consulting firms and trainings and different things like that. But I thought, no, I want something that's accessible. Mm -hmm. I want something that doesn't take people a lot of time, that doesn't cost people a lot of money. And that's lightweight. Not, you know, hiring a consultant for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, which by the way, I ended up starting my own consulting practice, (laughs) just to be clear. And my background and expertise is working one-on-one with CEOs Mm -hmm. and, and very intimately with organizations. So it's not to bash that. It's just the fact that what I wanted to do was find a way to scale what I thought could be a solution and a methodology to help as many managers and leaders as possible so that was yeah that was the inspiration so i decided okay um, i'm gonna do that i'm gonna make that my life's work i don't really care how long it takes <laughs> and i'll i'll make that my life's my life's mission so yeah that was maybe eight or so years ago that's an incredible story claire uh, oh, thank, you. thank you very much for your time and uh, i've learned a lot in this uh, interview thank you very much Thank you. I so appreciate it, Fabio. Real pleasure to chat. Thank you. Bye. Bye.